You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in once again. It is another edition of Line to Gain here on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I am the big O Jerry Ostrowski out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She is Sarah Larson down in Miami. And uh, we will talk a little bit about some of the uh, goings on of what happened today at One Bill's Drive. Some of the moves, some of the comments that were made. We'll also talk a little bit about last week's game, but not too much as we've... uh, kind of beat that to death already and we'll get into this week's game as well uh, against baker mayfield and the tampa bay bucks thursday night in buffalo but uh real quick sarah how are you i'm all right i'm actually in new york freezing my butt off <laughs> oh shoot i forgot yeah you're at your sister's yes i, I met my sisters yeah, um i i went all i went and saw my son over the weekend right, um right, right outside right. of boston went to the game and then drove um from there to uh to the Finger Lakes area, I met my sisters, um, and then I will drive to Buffalo uh, tomorrow. Um, so definitely, a, you know, a, a nice couple of days. But I've uh, it's been beautiful, but I'm just not, you know, accustomed to the weather, obviously. So I'm yeah. freezing all the time. <laughs> I have to apologize if you see my head doing this quite a bit. It's because my Phillies are on in Game Seven against uh, Arizona. It's one-one in the top of the fourth inning. Um, yeah, man. First time in franchise history that the Phillies have been in a game seven, which I could not believe. Yeah. Um, but it is. So if you see me kind of nodding off, if you ask me something well, and I don't respond, you I'm know, we watching. We could have uh, recorded some other time. It's not a big deal. If you, I no, mean, I there's not enough time. And <laughs> and to be honest with you, it, this is I, I take baseball kind of like NASCAR racing. Um, the start's really good and the finish is really good in between. You know, you just kind of have to keep an eye on it and, you know, pay attention. But it's yeah. really not Understood. where all the, you know, a ton of the action is. But, hey, um, we're going to uh, we're going to get in. By, by the way, great, great welcome in on your 50th, which is a big which is a big milestone Thank you. Your 50th game in a row. And you had to witness that. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. In person to mark your 50th. So, <laughs> you know, but. um. <laughs> You know, it was really cool. I, I went over to the tailgate um, that that Pinto Ron does every year in, right. um, in at Foxborough and everything. And he was bragging on me to everybody. So uh, it was How old cool. is Pinto Ron now? Huh? Do you know how old he is? Uh, he's in his mid-60s. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, bragging on me a little bit to everybody. So uh, it, it was nice to, to have, you know, him cheer me on and how many people were excited for me um, 
you know, to, to reach the, that milestone. Now everyone's questioning how, you know, how far I'm going to go. So <laughs> which well, I, don't know. I, will, I will say this, if we keep playing the way we've been playing, it's probably going to be a little bit harder than it would be. You know, and I got to give him props because he did it throughout the whole, all yeah. the drought years and everything else. Um, I, I just know that, you know, the, over the last four years, the, the cost to, um, to do this yeah. has, more than doubled um annually um maybe i got almost, a plan you know maybe you, you know maybe even a little bit more than doubled so it's the amount of um the amount of the away games are ridiculous um the the cost because they know that bill's mafia will pay um, well, i have a plan for you i have a oh, plan, you have a plan? Okay? yes you're going to keep posting those pictures that you post on social media and we're going to find you a sugar daddy <laughs> and he's going to buy you one of those sprinter right. vans, one of those pimped right. out sprinter vans. And you're just going to, you know, for X amount of months of the year. You're just hey, I would live in one van. of those things for a couple months. I would hey, love it. Yes. Um, if you can tell but, me you, you know, can get close to a king size in one of those, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, is most people read that I've, you know, or see that I've been to 50 games and they all think that I'm going to be their sugar mama. So <laughs> it doesn't quite work the same way. They're all like, she must be rich. No, I just plan. I just plan really well. Um, and, lots and lots know, of plasma it, donated in the offseason. Yeah, no, and uh, and it definitely does take a toll. Um, trying to figure things out, and then you want to get the best price, and then it's like, should I wait? Should I book now? Like, it goes back and forth a lot. So, well, the thing for um, me is the thing for me is the the health aspect of it. It wears me out. Like flying yeah. anywhere just wears me out. And yeah. to do what you do, I just I just couldn't do it. It yeah, just it is it. definitely a lot. Um, and it, you know, last year I got sick twice. Um, you know, luckily it didn't change, you know, my, my travels or anything. Cause you know, one of them happened like after, right after Thanksgiving. So I had like the 10 days and, um, another one happened, uh, during, you know, right after the off season or right after the, um, the playoffs. So it definitely does, you know, take its toll. Um, you know, I, you know, luckily I haven't, not, um, let me knock on wood. I haven't gotten anything um, this year to to really um, be concerned right. about. But, you know, I I knew eight people in London that got that got COVID or the flu. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm <clears throat> been I've been lucky so far. So, but we'll see how, well, how hey. long I can. Do. I don't know. Um, I if hey if you want to start donating and sponsoring me to do all the travel, I will wear your. You sure i will i don't well, care i'm your i'm your agent um, so if you want ideas you just ask me i got ideas I'll, but hey, I'll run them through you speaking of ideas brandon bean makes a move right away this morning restructures uh deon dawkins's contract frees yep. up about what three and a half three and a half about 3.9 million dollars yeah. and right away um people take that as an indication that the bills are going to make we, a move before yeah. the before the trade deadline what do you think about that? Anything? Yeah, I've, I've been going this? back and forth. I think that there is a good possibility that, you know, we can do something with that money. We definitely can. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are expecting something huge. It won't be huge. 3.9. We had no money, like literally no money. Um, so 3.9 is not going to do much. But, you know, it could do a D hop uh, at this point. So there's a good possibility that. We get D hop, um, a good chance that we could get D hop. I'm not saying there's a possibility, um, but you know, there's a lot of people that are pretty much just saying that it's money to, you know, to kind of keep on the side. John Warrow replied um, today that, you know, it's kind of um, money, you know, uh, 
just in case there's more injuries and then, you know, anything else that needs to go that needs to happen or anything um, during the rest of the off season and bonuses. Um, someone will reply back with the bonuses, but the bonuses and incentives are part of the salary cap. So I don't know where they were going with that. Um, D hop would only cost about 1.2 ish. Um, maybe even a little less because of how many games we're in. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think I, um, uh, replied back to somebody nine sixteenths of his base salary and nine sixteenths of, um, or, you know, not even, sorry. Um, there's what eight, ga- yeah, eight games left out of 17. So eight sevenths of the, um, the base salary and eight seventeenths of the uh, per game roster bonus that he he gets. The rest of it's on the Titans. So um, if they're willing to part ways, you know, I think that it's something that we should look at. Um, I think that, I, you know, I, I agree with that. But I think also, too, you have to start looking corner. because a, a move. Yeah, a corner. But a move was made by the Eagles this week where they sent uh, Tremaine Edmonds's brother um, yep. in that trade. And I kind of looked at, right, who are some of the players we have that could actually lure a team to trade some talent for us? I would have said, I mean, before we found out that that Knox was having wrist surgery, Knox would have been one of the top people on my my list. I have two others. I have two others. One of those is, is Elam. I know we 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 are short at corner, but he's inactive much of anything. That's the thing. You're talking about a former first round pick with a lot of skills, new atmosphere, right? But a new atmosphere, a new coaching staff, a team that feels that their style fits him best. And four more years, right? And four more years. Four more years because you're locked into that contract. The other guy that I think is is trade bait, and I know, and this kind of depends upon because we did not see Von Miller very much this week. But to me, if Vaughn is coming back and he's going to start playing more in the way that Floyd's playing and some of the other guys, you've got to look at AJ Epinesa, and you got to look at you. I know, I know, but let's 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 face facts. This is a guy that's been released and brought back. I mean, this I mean, is kind trust of a, me, we were this we is were out both, of the norm. Yeah, we right? were both. You know, like it's either going to be him or Boogie over the offseason. Now we're like, no, Epinesa is one of the best right, people on our right. defense right now. AJ he's Epinesa, still only playing. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but he's still only playing about 30% of the snaps. Right, right, so, yes, right. So, yes, there is that him there is and, a good and maybe if you can't part with him and you feel like he has to stay, is Shaq Lawson a guy? I don't know. I just threw that out there. Yeah. But I don't, I'm trying yeah, to I don't look at positions gonna... that we might have some players that other teams would be interested in now that – and I agree with you, Knox was a prime trade candidate until the wrist surgery. So, yeah, I think that, I think that there's – it could get interesting, but I think – I think if a trade is made, you're going to lose some. You're going to lose some commodities, and those two yeah. guys come to mind off the top. Well, and that's that was the thing with Hop is D Hop doesn't have doesn't isn't owed anything really this year left. Um, so that's why I kind of threw his name in there because we wouldn't have to trade a piece, um, but we right. would have to release a piece because we do have 53 men. So we would either have to put someone on IR to bring him on. Um, so you know, all that is an option, definitely, but. Um, I, I definitely think as much as we want a wide receiver, I think corner is what's killing us right now. Yeah, um, corner, corner is a struggle. Secondary in general is a struggle, but corner definitely. Yeah. And I think that realistically, you know, we have to be a little concerned about uh, about linebacker now because um, they they took out I, – I don't know why they took it out. I, I'll be honest. I have not rewatched the game um, because I, you know, been traveling and then spending time with, you know, with my family. 
I don't really know why they took Williams out of the game. Um, Dorian he, had such a good game the week before. I mean, <laughs> did they score? Two to one. All right. Let's do this. No, right. I think I think you're right. And 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 McDermott made a comment about he was he struggled on some plays. Of course he will. He's a rookie. But the thing about him that I love is he's got a motor and he loves to play and he can make up for some mistakes with his speed and the stuff he does. So right. it's not like it's not like Dotson went out there and set the world on fire, right? Well, so how do you I, learn I, as a rookie? Yeah, I think that Dotson has moments, but I feel like Williams can overall can just play better. Right. So I, agree. I feel like we should have Williams out there and then you know, spell him with, with Dotson coming in on a, you know, a few plays here and there. Dotson's just so terrible in coverage. We were getting burnt downfield, right. like terrible. Um, and even like, you know, the over the middle passes were, were ridiculous as well um, this past weekend. So Williams' style of play is a lot more like Tremaine. He's a see the ball, get the ball guy. He's a right. run stuff down. He's a, he, he's fast. He doesn't have that necessarily behind the line of scrimmage slash ability that, that Bernard has, but that's not really what they brought him in to do. He's an outside linebacker. Right. He That's what he's going to do as a wheel linebacker. Yeah, you know? so we have to figure something out. I was hoping that we were going to really talk to um, to what's-his-name and talk him back out of retirement. Uh, um, no, uh, once you retire, you're done. Not everyone to ask, ask Brady. <laughs> well, that's different. I mean, <laughs> ask Gronk, because Gronk seventy five. That's another one. 75% Brady and Gronk is better than 90% of the league, right? So, you know, there are talks about Gronk, you know, making some comments about the Bills again. Um, You know, I wouldn't – I don't know how I would feel because how many weeks would it take him to really get back in a game, you know, like game um, fitness and readiness and – I don't know. I mean, it would be a cool idea, but whether or not it would actually work, um, I have no idea. But one thing you know, I do, he's, and, he's and the same I, age as Kelsey, so right. We keep talking about D Hop, and one thing I do like about him is I do like his attitude. I think he is a bit of a he is a bit washed. He's older. Um, oh, the Eagles went out. But he wouldn't be number one, up, right? The Eagles went out, and picked up, picked up uh, Julio Jones, and. Same idea. My God, he played. Yeah, he played the next week. He made like two, three catches. He was he was productive. Um, you know, if D Hop is going to, I don't know if he's going to help us get out of funk of the past game or not. But I think that John and Joe last night on the on off tackle said it best. Why are we trying to go out and bring another receiver in when we haven't really tried Hardy? We haven't really tried uh, Sherfield. We haven't really tried. You know, we got other guys that we've given limited time to. If we're really hell bent on the fact that Gabe Davis is a wash and it's starting to look like Gabe Davis is not going to be that guy, um, why are we not trying these other dudes to see what they can do? And and I've agreed with that, but at the same time, I feel like I feel like they would be they would be trying to scheme them open a little bit more. And if they are, then these guys just aren't getting open. Well, we had so this conversation now- last night, Sarah, and that's that's where I think we're. That's where I think we're lacking somewhat at receiver is we're not running a scheme to get open type thing. I think right. we do. And, and this is really weird subject. It's a touchy subject because, yes, they do run schemes to try to get guys open. But I think that our stuff is more relied upon talent and those types of things where when you look at Miami, you look at Philadelphia, you look at Kansas City, it's plug and play with receivers, right? As yeah. long as they've got kind of similar traits, that's fine because – 
and you're going to run these different routes over and over again because we're going to scheme you open. Right. And for those people who did not watch the Minnesota game um, versus San Fran um, the, the other day, I suggest you watch it because they're missing, you know, Justin Jefferson. Um, Addison comes in, makes catch after, catch after catch after catch. He goes out for a few minutes um, right. injured. And then they have their third and fourth string out there making catch after catch. I mean, Kirk Cousins looked like he was an MVP candidate, you know, um, the other Cousins day. Is so, a good, Cousins is a good quarterback. He's I think, another one that I think doesn't he's get as between 10 and 12. I think, you know, you know? if we sit there and, and kind of, you know, he's that he's between 10 and 12. Well, if um, we're talking I, the 10th, if we're talking the 10th or 12th best quarterback in the world, it's pretty good. Yeah. No, no, no question about it. You know, I, not everyone feels the same way about him. Um, right. but I, you know, I definitely think that he's a very capable quarterback. He is a game manager. Um, it's just my only concerns with him has been when the, the game is on the line. Um, I have, I've had questions about him. Um, but he, you know, he played well and, you know, he wasn't the one that choked the other day. Purdy was. Purdy was right. the one that threw the interception. So, well, I think, um, you know, and he, they're starting to show him some things he hasn't seen before. And that kind of that new, that new shine or that new car shine is kind of, it's a little bit dirty now because, you know, they're scheming him up a little bit and showing him some things he hadn't seen before, you know? Right. Yeah. And the more people get to know Purdy, the, the harder it's going to get for him. So, um, you know, but I, I like him as, um, as a quarterback, I just, um, I'm realizing that, you know, people are starting to come down to, uh, to earth on him a little bit more so lately, cause he's right. not doing all the crazy things he did, um, last year and, and whatnot. So, well, Hey, we're going to go ahead and get into the, the, the uh, bills rewind. We're going to talk about last week's uh, loss against new England, but real quick, before we do that, here's a word from our sponsors. Nothing builds the thrill quite like seeing our Buffalo Bills march right down the field. Every pass, every play, and every touchdown. But for those of us who have to catch the action blurry, it's time to call Fichte, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care and schedule a consultation. With Zeiss Smile technology, you can have your vision corrected in moments so you can get back to focusing on what's important. It's a quick, pain-free procedure with a world-class team and you're back in the action. Visit us online at Fichte.com and take our free self-evaluation test to see if you are eligible and schedule a consultation. Because here in Buffalo, we don't just watch the game. We live it. Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care. We are focused on you. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. So before we get into the to the actual game, something I kind of wanted to know about, and just so everybody knows, I'm going to let Sarah run with this segment quite a bit because unlike me, who's had multiple opportunities to talk about this game, and actually I'm kind of tired of it, but I'm not tired of it. 
Um, Sarah has not. So I'm going to allow her to have the floor and I'm going to kind of guide her along with some things. And right off the bat, one of the things I wanted to talk about, Sarah, was you're at the games. Obviously, the New England crowd's big for New England. But when you look down at that Bills sideline, did they seem like the Bills love, uh, that you always see? Did they seem up? Did they seem – how was the energy of this team rolling into yeah. this game? It reminded me of the Cincinnati game. It really did. Like, it yeah. felt like no one had the the passion or energy or the, you know, like, it's almost like they didn't want to be there. Um, I right. don't know if it was meant to feel that way or if it was, you know, they kind of came in. I don't, I hate the whole, um, you know, the whole adage that, you know, you have, you're playing somebody that you know you're supposed to win and, you know, becomes one of those games. Um, we played down to our opponent again. Um, and that's, that's where we got caught up last year. Um, and the year before we would play down to certain opponents, um, like the Jacksonville game, um, where it was what nine, six, um, a couple years ago. Like, I, I just feel like that's the, the energy we went into the game, definitely completely opposite of the way we played against Miami. You can see the passion. You could see the, the energy you can see there was a different vibe. Um, and they kind of, you know, like I said, you know, they marched down the field, we held them to three, but then Josh comes out and throws an interception on the first play that didn't help matters. Um, not only was the team kind of deflated, the fans were too. Let me ask you this. And this is something that this is something else that I was curious about, because when you talk about energy on the sidelines, it can it can be affected by a lot of things, right? And if you if you can't be an energized team at home in front of the your home crowd playing the Dolphins, then you probably should get out and go sell right. insurance. But did you feel that this was a this was a down feeling or the energy was down because they felt they had it in the bag? Or is this something where when athletes it's kind of like walking into a gunfight and you've got a stick, right? did you sense maybe this team was headed into this game and maybe they weren't fully confident in their game plan or what they had going on? Well, I mean, I, I know it's hard to tell from yeah, from I don't the stands, think they're but... confident at all. And they're playing very unconfident. Right. Um, they've been playing unconfident for the last, you know, two weeks, now three weeks. So I feel like that that's probably, excuse me, probably something um, that, you know, they don't feel that confidence. Um, I feel like, they get it in the fourth quarter, but I also feel it's like in the fourth quarter is when they're just letting it like reckless abandon. Like, let's just play football. Let's just enjoy ourselves. We have nothing left to lose. Um, and I was literally going to tweet that during the game in the fourth quarter. Like, okay, we have nothing left to lose at this point. Right. They're up by two scores. Just go play football. And that's what happened. Just give us something to build upon next week. Right. Then for the fact that we went ahead after the turnover, I was like, okay, guys, you know, and then the tables turned. We, the defense was dependent on the offense to finally get something going. And then it kind of felt like it was in the, you know, a couple years ago um, in the, um, the playoffs where, you know, we finally get it all going, we get there and now we need to depend on the defense for that one drive and we couldn't get it done. And you look at the Bills in the first ten plays; they were in their two per, their two tight end personnel, I think, uh, four times. 
Um, they were in their three wide out, what we call 11, three times. And then you saw them hop into what people call empty, meaning there was nobody in the backfield other than Josh Allen. I thought it was pretty – I don't know if you could tell much in the game, but I thought it was pretty evident that whatever Belichick and that defensive staff had put in for a game plan this week, the coverages were confusing the Bills receivers and Josh Allen early, and it's kind of why they hopped into the empty look to try to clean up you know, where these DBs were, who they were covering, because that's what you do to try to clean up coverage as you add more guys, get guys spread out and create space. Um, I thought some of Dorsey's adjustments were good. I mean, I thought what Dorsey was doing early was very, very good as far as adjusting and trying to figure some things out. But again, just, you know, dead in the water and a point that you wanted to try to make or you wanted to talk about, and I agree on, untimely penalties put the behind the sticks and really, really, you know, a, had a penalty that took a touchdown away. Yeah. Just really, really hamper is hampering this uh, this football team. Yeah, we started the season out the first three weeks. We were averaging about four and a half um, penalties a game, four point seven five, I think it was. Um, and you know, so it was. We were one of the least penalized teams in the NFL the first three weeks. The last, the you know, the last four, we um we have uh or last three, sorry, that was the first four weeks. Last three weeks, we have been averaging nine right. per week. Um, that is, that is a game killer. The Jacksonville game, it was over a hundred yards penalized on 11, on 11 penalties. You can't win games like that. It's, I mean, yes, there's once in a while here and there, there's certain um, reasons why you can pull, you know, pull off a victory, especially, especially if you're winning the, the turnover battle or whatever. But when you're not winning the turnover battle and on top of that, you're getting all these penalties, especially the penalties that are, are extending these drives. So, so many times on defense, we are getting these penalties that give them a first down and they get, so they get a, you know, a free, you know, another basically free four downs to, um, to continue their drive um, when they should be going off the field. And it happened way too much uh, last week or on Sunday, way too much. And it's kind of, it started in, um, in London and I kept on saying, well, another third down, another, oh, another penalty extending third down. You know, we need to figure that out. And I don't, and that's, to me, it's both execution and coaching. We, we need to figure out it on both sides because we're not playing, you know, we're not playing, you know, good structured football. They're, they're right. playing like they have, um, like no care almost like it's careless football. I think Sarah, with this penalty situation, it usually comes down to two things. The first thing is fatigue. Fatigue causes penalties. And I think that was definitely the case in London. And then the other thing that causes penalties is, is mental unsure, being not mentally sure. Um, maybe not quite knowing what to do, maybe being confused, maybe being, and that causes penalties as well, because you're not mentally locked in. And when you look at the penalty problem and it coincides with some of the worst football this team's played, especially offensively, it makes sense, does it not? Yeah, it does. I mean, um, especially London, like you said, the, t- the time of possession was, I mean, so badly. Just, uh, just, it was just a, such a disparity between what the Jags had and what we had. Um, so right. I can see why, um, you know, I think it was seven defensive penalties during that game. Um, but little things like, you know, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct and stuff like that, you know, Ed Oliver got flagged, I think twice in one game for that. 
Um, he got flagged again against the um, uh, was it the Giants game or the game before that? I don't. He so he's it been flagged a couple game. of times. Um, he's been you know flagged a couple of times for that. So I feel like you know he needs to clean that up. Obviously, um, we're better with him on the field. So you know we need him. We need him back and healthy. Right. Um, but you know. Things like that, those are mental mistakes. Those are frustration mistakes, um, in my opinion. So you get right. frustrated with you know things not going your way, and you kind of take it out at the end of the play. Um, those could be cleaned up. Um, you know the the offsides, as much as they're frustrating, I get you're trying to time it, um, especially if they are you know trying to rush the the passer. They're you know they're they're trying to to get off the ball quick uh, on a blitz, and sometimes you don't time it all that well. Um, and it happens. Those are, you know, those are a little bit here and there. Um, offensively, the offensive pass interference um, calls are, are killing us. It's it's now been, I think, two or three that we've had called against us. Um, they're calling back. Number one, they're calling back um, touchdowns or the ball go, moving from the, the two yard line to the 17 yard line. We can't keep on doing stuff like that. Um, well, and that penalty not, was it was awful. I know. Um, I I actually, the one play of the game that I actually recorded because um, I get very superstitious and the, the, the Patriots fans around me were terrible. So I'll just say that, that I have, I've been there now three years in a row, have had an amazing time two years in a row, sat next to awesome Patriots fans, joking and laughing and an awesome time. And this time, just terrible. Now, one of them finally apologized for, you know, being the way he was being. Um, but the three guys in front did not. Um, the fourth guy that was with the three guys kept on looking at me and like putting his head down like he was embarrassed. Um, so definitely added to a very bad experience. Um, but, you know, so the fourth quarter, when we started coming back, they turned around and were quiet. But then the second they, um, you know, they got the the score right back in my face again. Um, well, unfortunately, that's the way of of everything that's going on around here nowadays. You can't. Yeah. Nobody yeah, can I commingle. Mean, were, Everybody has to have a side, right? Yeah. But anyways, uh, I was I did record one play. Um, I you know I was like I'm I'm gonna get the the first touchdown. Um. And then I saw the flag being thrown and I'm like, wait a second. Well, so I'm waiting and waiting. Of course, they're not playing the replay on the the big on the jumbo trying in there. So I rewind it on my phone um, and someone I don't even remember who tweeted. Can someone actually post this play, this this penalty that was such a big deal? Um, it was incidental contact. It, I mean, yes, if you look at it fast enough you could which which play what are we talking about the 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 um pass interference that was offensive pass interference that took oh that was no no that wasn't brutal on the officials that was brutal on on murray when the guy's back is turned you can't go up and smash him well i mean he he there was no these rub routes these guys are so good his back wasn't turned so they're they're really good at just getting by and all this that was blatant. I I can't I can't back. Oh, up. you I mean, think that, it was blatant? Okay, so oh, I've I think watched it. Was it absolutely, it I've was watched like, it three times. It was done like a receiver that doesn't do it, and uh, or done like a running back so that doesn't run. I was I watched it three times, and it looked like it was a crossing route. And as they were crossing, they bumped oh, into each man. other. As that's what it looked like to me. It looked to me like the guy 
turn before he could even turn, Murray was right into the back of him. There was no other guy around. It was like he just made a beeline. No, to there him. was two bills. There were two bills around because it was. Well, I, I, I'm, yeah, I know there were two bills around because they were trying to rub. They were trying to rub the one guy to get off for the route. But I'm just telling you that no, that wasn't a missed okay. call by it, the to officials. To me, it looked my, like incidental contact as they, that they ran into each other as they were crossing. But nobody regardless. argued that on the sideline. Huh? Nobody argued that on the sideline. Well, what are they going to argue? You well, can't. Well, because, like yeah, it. exactly, because it was so blatant. I mean, it wasn't like they were flipping out. No, but out it's saying, not like you can replay it to argue it. Right. I'm just, I mean, but there I mean, was no. Literally, I mean, Twitter was going off about it. So I, I posted oh. the, the video. But regardless, um, that was the one play. I, I felt like, you know, we got to stop with these offensive pass interference calls, especially in the red zone. Um. So we'll see, you know, if we can get that stuff cleaned up, because I think at this point, you know, is for, for a team that's already playing um, that not confident, those are, are killers. Those, those penalties um, are literally game changing, you know, killers. Um, now, here's something I wanted to ask you to change the subject a little bit, because you could see the whole field and see things going on in the game that you don't get to see on the television copy. But if you look at the if you look at the stats, you look at the sheet rather, Josh was pressured about 12 times in this game. Um, other than sneaks, they had one called run for him. And I don't remember many times, like maybe once he tried to take off, a couple times he tried to take off, but those are situations in the past where they there would be no second guessing. The ball would be down and he'd be running. Now could you tell if they were spying him quite a bit or could you I, tell I if... wasn't really paying attention much to that. Um, I, I felt like it was just part of the game plan that, again, that we're not running the ball. Um, I feel like they've lost confidence also in, in Bass a little bit, which we need to figure that out. Um, but like fourth and two, uh, we end up not going for the field goal. It would have been like a 51 yard field goal um, after Bass missed the first one or the second one. Um, and you know, I, I feel like this is perfect. Josh is just going to do another bootleg and, you know, off to the side and, and get the first down. We're going to continue this drive and they go to throw it again. And it's just, to me, it's frustrating. Um, he is kind of that heart and soul of the, the offense when he's thriving, seems like most of the other people are thriving. Um, his presser today, most people, um, I'm, I'm sure have heard it this time, or at least, you know, read, um, social media on it. You know, he was asked about, you know, if he's overthinking and it, you know, why are they not, you know, running more? And obviously he's, he kind of, um, talked out of the whole, you know, you know running thing because of injury. And we want to make sure that we're being smart, but then he talked about being, you know, pretty much like a, a positive, you know, calm and, um, I don't think it works for him. I don't like, I don't necessarily want sugar high Josh, but I would take it over this. I think that he's, he's too even keel. He's not, um, when you got Steph on the sideline, like screaming and yelling and trying to hype guys up. And then you have him sitting there like this, that it doesn't, it's, it, it's not the right vibe. It's right. not the right, um, you know, it's not the right communication between it's like them. the it's they, like the it's like the cat williams bit when he talks about his son that's hyperactive so he gave him ritalin and he comes into the kitchen and he's sitting on the counter and he says what are you doing son he says i'm thinking about running <laughs> you know you think 
thinking about it. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I'm thinking about running. And it's like, I, I, I'm i with you. I mean, and I kind of gave the example of, of Brett Favre. Uh, Joe feels that Steve Young is his comparison, which I agree with that. I mean, Steve Young and him are, are similar. Um, but for him to be for for him to create energy and in, and inject energy and get this offense going to me and I've said it last year you remember I said it all the time he's our best running back on the team and whatever they're trying to do they've got to free him up a little bit yeah. because when he gets well, downfield it's dynamic and he it's actually dynamic. said it today in his presser in the presser as well he was like you know when the quarterback runs the ball you're basically putting another blocker out in front right. and you're freeing up someone, um, you know, it's hard to stop quarterback runs. It's very hard to stop a six foot five, 245 pound running back, you right. know, like, cause that's, he, he's, he, he's both, he's a running back and a quarterback um, it's combined. And he is, you know, I've complained about him being, the most utilized running back on the team or the best running back on the team. I don't think he's the best running back on the team anymore. I think he's the most um, consistent. I think that uh, we, if we have designed runs, he can do stuff that the cook can't do because of his size. Um, so I feel like we need, I don't want it. I never wanted it taken all away, you know? So when I complain about like, you know, well, of course, our running game's not that bad because we're putting in 750 yards from our quarterback. You know, obviously, we were all fearful of injury and everything else, but you are literally handicapping half of what makes Josh Allen great. Right. We need to figure out a healthy balance. And, you know, James Cook had a good game, um, but he still didn't run the ball enough. I feel like, you know, he, he had like four or five catches out of let me, that. Let me, let me say something about that. And I said this before when everybody talked about getting Cook involved in the offense. And I said, do you really want to give him the ball 30 times no. and take the ball out of Josh, Josh Allen's hands 30 times a game? If this is how they want Josh to play, give it to Cooks 30 times. Because there's no reason. <laughs> I, I hear you. There, you I know what I'm you saying? Know. There's no reason to let him have the ball if – you're not going to utilize what he does best. And, you know, there's a lot of talk going on about McDermott and him wanting to play complimentary football. And, you know, I'm, I can't get mad at McDermott because he's the head coach, man. That's his job. If he wants to, if he wants to tell the OC to, to, to run plays a certain way and have a certain style of offense, that's his prerogative because he's the boss. It's gone on for, for as long as we can remember. Right. I mean, I, I brought up a couple examples today. There was an instance where um, if you're a long time ago, Buddy Ryan and Kevin Gilbride, who was at the Bills for a little while, um, got in a fist fight on the sidelines. And it really wasn't a fist fight. Buddy threw, Buddy threw the first punch and tried to choke him. But that was because Gilbride went out, you know, put his defense in a bad spot, and Buddy got pissed. Um, there was a time when Roethlisberger – was really, really tight with Bruce Arians when Bruce Arians was the OC of Pittsburgh. They were killing it, right. putting up great numbers. Tomlin didn't like it. Um, they fired Arians and and hired um hired another OC because he wanted I have a it run differently. For you. When when it comes you know? to um the OC and the quarterback and so back back in your day when when Jim Kelly was running the K gun, 
he was calling his own plays in right. essence, correct? Right. Yes. Do you feel like, cause I feel like when we're kind of in a hurry up offense and um, there's a couple of plays called and Josh just goes out and, you know, you can see him tapping his helmet, audibling every once in a while and stuff. Do you feel like he's ready? Do you feel like he has the mentality to be able to, you know, scout the defense, see what's, what the defense has given him and, and maybe go out and start calling his own plays to see, um, I, I'm not saying try to bring the freaking K gun back or anything, but like right. something to that effect, maybe a right. little bit of both where he has more audible opportunities. Um, him and, you know, Dorsey kind of, you know, draw up a couple plays in their, in their, in their mind ahead of time. They're running, you know, they're going faster. Now, obviously if you don't pick up first downs, you're getting the defense back on the, the now, field quicker. Just to jump in here. They do that already in the two minute offense. Right. Um, Josh will have multiple plays at hand. Right. So they don't and have to waste time. To play on better. Teams, right. Okay. Um, the K gun, the, the thing, and John talked about this last night and he did a great oh, job. I wasn't, I didn't listen to the whole show. Sorry. People think that it was a complex offense and honestly, it was really, really simplistic. There was probably, you know, eight core plays. We ran all the time. Um, you know, a few wrinkles here and there. But it was not this complex thing that people people thought it was. It was really, really kind of the start of taking advantage of what the, the defense gave you. Being able, you know, Andre doing a wonderful job of reading the blitz and cutting it off to a slant, hitting that slant all the time and until the zone blitz came in and took that away. And that's when things got a little bit more difficult. But, you know, you have to have two plays at the line. Um, usually we had a running play. Um, in a pass play or we had two runs or two passes, we'd come up the line of scrimmage, depending upon the look. A lot of times it was how the nose guard was lined up, how the tackle was lined up. Then we would call plays accordingly. Um, so, yes, while that concept is cool, I mean, I don't know if hurry-up schemes aren't quite as complex as people make them out to be. Um, they're very, very um, – it's it's pre-read stuff and you already know where the ball's going before it before the ball snapped. So that's why do I think Josh could do it? Probably over time. Do I think that's what the issue is? No, I don't. I think the issue is he is just not comfortable with what they're doing right now. Okay. No matter yeah, who I calls look, the whoever whoever calls the play. Yeah, I, I've been looking kind of just watching him. Um and and someone said it today. I don't know if it was a presser or if it was one of the the um the reporters watching. I don't remember exactly, but I remember skimming through and seeing a, a comment that um he needs to to not not get um to kind of abandon the idea of um giving working with what the defense is giving him because that that was we never they never did that before. Now they're trying to do more of that but it's taking away um, from what he's really good at. Like in his completion percentage has went up what 10 point, you know, 10% this year uh, because they're being too conservative. Right. They're, you know, they're doing um, they're get, you know, taking the plays of what the, the defense is giving them when you know that Josh is, you know, we got to take, got to take some of those turnovers, but he's, force the ball where it sh probably shouldn't be going, but guess what? We'll have a, a crazy catch here and there. And, 
um, you know, just getting back into that groove again. And that's why I, I said something about the K gun. Cause I feel like if he's going out there kind of calling what he wants to call and running more fast paced offense and it's going, it's going through him and he's dispersing the ball the way he feels, you know, um, in that moment, he feels who's, who's, you know, playing well. Um, I just feel like it's something to get us out of our funk. Uh, Cause you know, even though right now, in my opinion, there's not too many teams in the NFL that scare me. Um, I don't feel like there's a clear, like you have teams like San Fran losing two weeks in a row. You have Philadelphia losing to a backup um, quarterback. You have, you know, like it has not been, um, has not been like a clear cut lead, you know, leader of the pack. Now, Kansas City's still figuring out ways to win, um, but they still haven't looked exactly the way you know they normally do if Kelsey goes out that offense is going to struggle I mean they they literally run through Kelsey so no team really has stood out to me as being crazy ridiculous clear you know clearly you know um, above the rest it's the ebbs and flows of the league now with 17 games and all these games overseas and all these Thursday games you're never going to have teams be undefeated anymore. It's just it's it's too hard. You can't play the number of games these guys play on Thursday nights and over in England, over in Germany, you know, back and forth. I mean, right. it's just it's just not it's not plausible. It's just not something that's going to happen. So right. if you know my the seventy two Dolphins want to get a truckload of champagne, do it because they're probably going to be the only undefeated team in the league because the league is not allowing good football week in and week out due to the strains that they've and that they've put on the players. But I think the biggest thing is this. And then after this, we'll, we'll get to a fast forward segment um, and talk about this week's game real quick coming up against Tampa Bay. I don't think there needs to be this huge shift in offensive philosophy. Okay. I don't think there needs to be throw it out and start anew. I think that it all comes down to the quarterback position and allowing him to do the things that he does well. And you know what? I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, McDermott, but you're going to have to let this guy go be himself. And if it makes you have a – right, because guess what? You try to constrain him and he threw a pick the first play of the game. Um you know, you got to allow him to run the ball. And the thing is, as he gets older, some of those picks he throws in in those scramble situations or in the quote-unquote sugar-high Josh mode, they're just – he can correct that. They're silly stuff. It's like the it's like the deep post patterns of digs that's double-covered and then you overthrow them by 10 yards and it's like a punt, right? So I don't necessarily think that they've got to go have this whole change in offensive philosophy – they just got to get back to doing what they do because right. it's even affecting the O-line play. I mean, the offensive line doesn't look as confident as they looked earlier in the year. Right. Um, they've had two really subpar games in a row. Well, someone in- um, someone tweeted to uh, to me earlier today that Josh needs to get rid of the ball faster. Um, do you feel like uh, it's on Josh right now, or do you feel like every time um, he gets, you know, every time they snap the ball – he are he seems like there's there's a defender in the backfield and he's running for his Well life. this week this week the guy that everybody likes to talk about not being able to coach 
because he doesn't have his quarterback anymore, schemed the hell out of our football team. Offensively and defensively, they schemed us up better than anybody we played against this year. And one of the things they were doing, and Orlovsky, if you would go on Twitter and look up Dan Orlovsky, he has a kind of an explanatory video there about how he brought the extra pressure in certain spots that he knew that the Bills couldn't block. I mean, because one of the things about empty is, is you take a back out of the backfield, you got five to block five, he brings six, he's the quarterback's man. But to go back to your original point about he doesn't throw the ball quick enough, most of Josh, if, if the guy's open, throw the ball quick enough. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is give him the freedom that once the ball does not come out because the guy's not open, allows a scramble situation, allows right. him to make plays with his feet. Because most he of Josh's five, six yards, like it's nothing. But 99% of Josh's highlight throws that are top 10 ESPN are, or top 10 Sports Center are not on time throws. It's like the throw right. to Morris, you know, two games ago against, you know, the, against yeah, the he, Giants. He was outside the pocket. He was uh, yes. getting ready to run. Yeah. Right. Those are when he makes the spectacular throws. Um, so, and then the, he had the couple against Miami. So I don't think this is a thing where you've got to go ahead and just change everything. But you can't you can't you can't turn a thoroughbred into a plow horse, right? You gotta yeah. let him do what he does. You're, yeah, you're taking away, like I said, you're taking away 50% of what makes Josh Josh. So all right, this week the Buffalo Bills take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. If you're at the game, look for Sarah, she will be there. But uh before we get to that segment, uh word from our sponsor, Picasso's Buffalo's Pizza. Hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we got Tampa Bay this week coming into town on the Thursday night. Once again, another short week. Uh, thank you, NFL, for putting our players in the most unsafe positions they could possibly be in. Um, so we, we appreciate that. But obviously, um, I guess you would have to say that what's all the focus on, right? Whether right, wrong, or indifferent, Baker Mayfield comes to town. Um, there's a guy that'll have a little bit of fire in him. Now, he might not. He might not have the greatest of game, but he's going to play confident and he's going to get after it. And um, they better not be sleeping on Baker Mayfield because he can get after it. He can make plays. Yeah, um, he's been a lim- like he didn't participate in, in practice yesterday and he's been limited today. Ooh, um, I, did not I still know that. think he'll play. Um, I don't think that there'll be you know any issues um, with him playing. Um, hopefully, I mean. It is what it is. It is his knee. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to, you know, prohibit him from, um, you know, running outside the pocket much. Uh, so hopefully we we try to scheme up some some more, you know, blitzes, put some some pressure on him. 
Um, to me, he gets a little agitated anyways when he, uh, you know, uh, tends to be a lot like Josh. Um, Josh does um, react well to the blitz, but um, sometimes, it, it, I should say sometimes he doesn't. So right. um, there are moments when, uh, especially if they're getting to him, um, that he uh, that he ends up having it, you know, affect him. But um, they, you know, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are kind of one of the the teams that are pretty pretty darn healthy um, for the most part compared to other teams. So um, they just been up and down this year. I can't put a, a finger on it right now. The Bills are eight and a half point favorites. Um, right. You know, and, and we're four and three. They're three and three. They had a, a bye week, so they've had a little, you know, time to, um, you know, to, to rest already this season. So I just feel like I'm surprised we're eight and a half point favorites, especially after, um, you know, how we've been playing the last three weeks. Um, but, but again, the Bucks, uh, they'll have one game where they come out and they, they look great. Their offense is clicking. And then they have another game where they can't put up six points. So um, I don't know what Bucks we're going to get. Um, the one game I do remember is playing uh, Baker, May- Baker Mayfield in Cleveland a couple years ago. I think it was in 2019. Um, we were up convincingly, and uh, they end up coming back and, and, and winning. And he actually ended up having a pretty decent game. Um, but everything that's happened over the last couple years, especially with Baker um, being in and out of the, the, you know, having an actual team, um, being backups. At this point in time, I, we can't have Baker beating us on on Thursday. Um, but you know the defense is going to have to prove that uh, that they can hold um, them to. I I'm going to say under 17 points, and um, if we can hold them to under 17 points, I'm pretty confident that the the Bills can score more than that. Even even through all the our troubles, we're still I think we're still averaging 25 a game. Um, so I, th- I think the Bills are still not going to have a problem winning the game. But I said that against the, the Patriots. I just think that I'm just concerned about that that point spread, to be honest with you. I think eight and a half is a lot. Hopefully the Bills at home, you know, but I said it against the Giants, too, that they were going to come out and and destroy the Giants, especially after the losing to the Jags in London. And that didn't happen. So, um I'm, you know, I'm just hoping for Josh, the the Thursday night football Josh to come out. I think he's undefeated on Thursday night football. Um, I, you know, it's like he said earlier, it's a short week. They they kind of come out with a more simpler game plan. Um, and, you know, they they execute uh, what they already have drawn up and, and you know, move on. Right. Some player comparisons. Baker Mayfield's thrown for uh, 1,363 yards this year, eight touchdowns. Four interceptions, uh, 89.2 uh, quarterback rating. Uh, Josh is thrown for 1,841 yards, 15 touchdowns, seven INTs, and uh, his quarterback rating is 100. Uh, one thing that's going to it's going to be impeccative for um, for Tampa Bay to do against the Bills, and we'll see what happens. But they have not been very good rushing the football at all. Uh, Rashad White is their leading carrier. only gained 266 yards on 83 carries, uh, one touchdown, one fumble. Cooks up over 400 yards so far with one yeah, touchdown. Yeah, it makes him a little bit more one-dimensional. So Right. Mike Evans, obviously, the name is big. He's um, he's up for a new contract. Um, he's got 468 yards receiving, four touchdowns, average over 15 yards a catch. 
So um, he can make some big plays offensively. Um, the Bills just, you know, the Bills are just have a huge advantage offensively over Tampa Bay. They're ranked 27th in total yards, 15th in passing yards, 29th in rushing yards, 26th in points, uh, 10th on third down. Bills are still ranked very, and this is what's crazy. They're still ranked really, really high in most categories, right. especially third down at 48.3 uh, on their percentage of third downs. The one thing I'm going to say is, you know, the Patriots were what, 31st offensively, mm -hmm. I think, last week? Yeah. Um, they averaged 12 points a game. They got 27 on us. Or what was um, Bills defense, not great. Pretty much run of the mill. Um, 16th in total yards. Um, 10th in passing yards, 23rd uh, in rushing yards. They are fifth in points because they haven't played some teams that deed us up and didn't score much. Um, they're fifth in total points, 24th on third down. That's probably the glaring thing, Sarah, defensively right now. Uh, the other stuff is good enough to win, but the third down percentage um, isn't good enough, you know, being 24th in the league. They got to get better there on third down and get off the field. Yeah. It's supposed to be great weather, so I, I'm hoping that, you know, weather doesn't play any factor in it. But as I said earlier, we got to figure out what's going on with Bass, um, you know. Yeah, and that's, that is definitely concerning. Yeah, and I mean, he's taken, uh, what, six points off the board last game, or two games ago, three points off the, the board this past game. And to be honest with you, I, I said it before, if he would not have missed that kick, um, I, I believe Sean would have kicked the, you know, kicked the, um, a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and two. Um, and you know, we would have gotten three points back now that three points might not have had a factor on, on the end of the game. Um, but you never know, uh, cause maybe at one other point, you know, um, we would have kicked the ball or something. I feel like people are losing confidence in him and he's losing confidence in himself because of it. Well, I will say this, and there's it's inexcusable at home because they practice in that stadium. He should know the wind patterns and all that. Um, New England is just like Buffalo. There's some big wind. There's some issues there with with the tunnel and all that. So even you know, even so, um, did they not just redo his contract a bit? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which I mean, he's been statistically one of the top uh, top three kickers in the league over the last couple of years. So it made sense to, um, to extend him. Um, but we got, he's, we got to figure it out. Cause well, I told you what the problem is. Huh? I told you what the problem is. What's Oh, the eye black. Got to get rid of the eye black. It's bad luck, man. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure he, uh, he hears um, that that's what <laughs> his problem is. He's off balance. He needs either one more eye black or to take it off altogether. It's feng shui, man. Feng shui at its simplest form. He's Maybe he just balance. needs to change the eye. Maybe he needs to go under the other eye. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. All idea. right. Well, with the bills, um, most people know, you know, quite a few people are, are still listed on the um, the injury report, but most of them were full participants today. Um, Dawson obviously is uh, going in for wrist surgery. There is no timetable for his return. Um uh, Quentin Morris is still a limited participant or no, sorry. He still did not participate. So um, we might be going into the game Thursday with just one tight end. And then, you know, um, possibly Reggie uh, Gilliam is a, you know, potential if we need it, but 
there won't be any more uh, 12 personnel for, for a little while, I have a feeling. So, uh, Ed Oliver. Well, do they have a tight end on the practice squad? I I mean, we had, I, I don't know anymore, to be honest with you. Um, it's slipping my head. We did have one person, but we did let him go when we brought somebody else on. So I don't know who we still have on there. Right. But, well, um, I think Reggie can fill in, but it'll be off the ball. Yeah. So, um, you know, right now, I think that my biggest concern is Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips. Um, they've both been limited. Uh, we need both of them to be healthy and in there. Um, it's going to be you know, a big deal to, to get them healthy. And, um, you did mention that Tampa Bay is not, has not been great running the ball, um, which it, you know, uh, is a good thing when it comes, when you have in, a whole bunch of in, uh, injured interior linemen. Um, but it's still, you know, when you have two of, you know, two of the, the better interior linemen, we missed Ed Oliver last week. So, um, hopefully they'll both be able to be a full go, uh, Vaughn, he's kind of been in there as a, um, you know, vet rest slash knee. So I don't know if they're just still trying to ease him in or if there's anything to be worried about, or if there's been any swelling or anything. Um, they're all saying, no, they're all saying he's fine. I want to hope and believe that we didn't bring him back too soon. Well, I mean, he hasn't done very much. Even when at he's all. Come back. That, I that's mean, at the concern, all. you know, like he's, he's only had um, about 20 reps per game. And then he was down to, I think 11 this last, like it's, I didn't quite remember. I don't quite remember the, um, the snap counts uh, that I looked at briefly. So I don't know. I, right now we need to figure out this defense and um, it's, it's a little concerning. Age is undefeated and untied. Um, no matter how good a shape you get yourself into, it's really, really hard once you start creeping up there. And I just think maybe that, you know, I would almost bet that he's got some swelling issues and some things like that, just yeah. from that thing, not being super, super happy yet, but you know, he'll eventually be back to where he, where he needs to be. So anyway, Sarah, it's been awesome as always. Um, I'm fired up for you. Um, 50 games is a big deal. Um, you know, we'll start the next, the next half century Thursday night. Hopefully it's better than number 50 and that it uh, comes with a win. And, uh, we will be back here next Thursday, next Wednesday, Wednesday. nine Eastern, eight central, our normal time. And, uh, we'll hit all those comments as always hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It helps us out. We appreciate you. And we'll be back with more next week. And as always, one love and go Bills. Go Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.